This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Welcome to A Game of Two Halves, a sports podcast by The Straits Times. I'm David and today we will be talking about a sporting legend who refuses to call it quits, as well as something bad and something good in local sport. My guest is fellow sports journalist Nicole Chia. Hi Nicole. Hi David. So it's been nine months since he last won a title. Okay, so he did make the Australian Open final, but there were people already writing his sporting obituary when he couldn't even win on clay this season. But Rafael Nadal won his ninth Rome Masters on Sunday, beating Novak Djokovic 6-love, 4-6, 6-1. So what has Nadal proven with this win? Well, I think he's proven exactly what you said earlier, that you know you can't write him off, especially on clay and especially at Roland Garros. And what this win has done is given him a lot of confidence. As he said in his press conference after the match, he said he was super nervous at the end of the second set. And if you had watched that, you can see how he just missed the last forehand on set point. But what this has done, going into Paris especially, has given him a lot of confidence. Yeah, but I find it remarkable that Nadal would say that he feels nervous. Do you think that Nadal is no longer the Nadal of maybe like three or four years ago when probably he was at his peak? Uh, I think physically he's not the same Nadal because, you know, all the injury woes that have plagued him over the last year. But I think mentally he's still there and mentally, you know, he's so hard to beat. But the game is not won just in the mind, you know. You have to actually go out there and win it. And he does have a record, 11 French Open titles. He will go to Roland Garros this year as favourites after this win again. So what makes Nadal such a beast on clay besides just his mental fortitude? Actually, I've Googled that before. And when you Google that, the first page is all articles about why he's so hard to beat on clay. And there's one that even purports to reveal the secret to beating Uh him on clay. And they all make reference to his heavy topspin forehand, his athleticism, and, you know, the fact that he's had so much success there as well. But I don't think there's any formula to to beating him on clay. I mean, yeah, those do matter. But what about other clay court warriors like, you know, David Ferrer, who's also a very good player but has never won at French Open before? So he does have an amazing record at the French Open, of course, uh, with just two defeats, as I've been corrected by Nico earlier. It's to Soderling and Djokovic and never to Federer. That's right. I know you'll be on Nadal's side for the French Open, but who will be his main rivals? Any surprise candidates? I don't think there are any surprise candidates, but you can't rule out Novak Djokovic, especially if he's on form. And I think in the Rome final, he did mention he was out of fuel and he was on court for 4 hours and 20 minutes longer than Nadal before the final. So you can't rule out Djokovic for sure. And maybe a possible surprise could be Dominic Thiem. But I think either way, because Roland Garros is sort of Nadal's playground. So I feel he's a different player when he's there, no matter what his previous results on clay were. So just watch out for him. And how about Federer? Federer's fine. He's a good player. (laughs) (laughs) But you don't think he's going to add to his one French Open title? Well, I think you can't rule him out as well. But for me, the favourites are definitely Rafa and maybe Djokovic. Now, if you're enjoying this episode of A Game of Two Halves so far, do subscribe to us on Apple's podcast app or on Google Podcasts or even on Spotify. Do like it and give us a rating. Back to our show, we now move on to the second half. It's back to Singapore and Nicole, what's with all the controversies surrounding the Singapore Taekwondo Federation? I know you've been covering the saga for the past week or so. Can you tell us a bit more about that? So this all started late last year when seven management committee members resigned from the Singapore Taekwondo Federation. So World Taekwondo, which is the international governing body for the sport, heard about this and they were concerned. So they wrote into the SNOC asking them to look into the matter and the SNOC did. 
and eventually on 8th of May, World Taekwondo suspended the STF for failing to exhibit good governance and the SNOC also suspended STF as its affiliate. So what this means for the STF is that it can no longer nominate athletes for major games like the SEA Games and the Olympic Games. So what does all this mean for Singapore Taekwondo? I mean, you know, it doesn't look good for Singapore sports in the international scene, right? Yeah, this is definitely a bad mark for us because to my knowledge, I don't think any Singapore National Sports Association has ever been delisted or suspended uh-huh. by the international governing body. So right. this definitely does not reflect well on us and not to mention it would affect athletes who are preparing for major games, athletes who are training and it's not just the athletes who are affected. You know, We don't know yet what this impact has on clubs that are affiliated and whether it will affect grading mm-hmm. and, and you know technical programs and things like that. Does it count for anything that the SNOC has acted swiftly to address the issue? Oh yes, of course. So the SNOC has set up a major games preparation committee, they're calling it MGPC, to take over the preparations of the athletes for the SEA Games to ensure that their training is not disrupted. So of course, that's a good thing. That's a good step going ahead because it, it ensures that you know athletes are not affected by whatever messes that are going on behind the scenes, if any. Not to mention that the STF recently called an extraordinary general meeting on Sunday where mm-hmm. their affiliates voted to allow the SNOC to appoint an interim management committee to look after the federation in the meantime. So what acting president David Coe said at the time was that the decisions were always made in the best interests of affiliates and club members and athletes. So I think things may be looking up soon. Okay, we all hope that there will be light at the end of this tunnel, but we have to end this episode with more uplifting local news. Okay, what do you got? Well, he's taken his Norwegian adventure like a fish to water and if he is in indeed like a fish then he's like a salmon surging against the current as the only Singaporean to play professional football in Europe at the moment. Wow, I'm more impressed by all the puns you managed to fit into that sentence. Do you think you can do any more? No way, yes way. In the past week, Iksan Fandi scored in two league matches for second-tier Raw Force. So his first was a dramatic bicycle kick winner in a 3-2 victory over Skeet. And his second was a towering header in the 5-2 defeat by Sennes Ulf. Wow, what's significant about this? The big deal is, Iksan is showing that there are talented footballers from Singapore. He is not trying to just, you know, make a name for himself, but also for Singapore football. You know, with the acrobatic winner, he's made a first impression, a good first impression. He's had to be patient. I don't imagine it being easy freezing his butt off, you know, on the bench in the wintry conditions in Norway and still having to keep his focus to make an impression when he's brought on. So that speaks volumes of his mental strength and I think if he keeps on scoring there's every possibility scouts will see him and pitch him to bigger clubs so it's a great start for the 20 year old trying to forge a career forge a professional career in Europe and I imagine it can't be easy being away from your family in the freezing cold trying to make a name for yourself it's all that pressure on you right? I wouldn't know but I don't imagine it's easy I'm still more impressed by all the puns you fit into that one sentence though. Fine, okay. But I hope Iksan keeps impressing those he needs to impress over in Europe by continuing to score goals as he has done over the past week. And on that note, that's the final whistle bringing to a close a game of two halves. Thanks, Nicole. Thank you, David. So if you enjoyed the episode as much as we did, do subscribe to a game of two halves on Apple's podcast app or on Google Podcasts or even on Spotify. Do like it or give us a rating. That was an SPH podcast. Find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts and streaming on Google Home. Do send your feedback to podcasts at sph.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at straightstimes.com and bt.sg.